Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off I Was Made to Love You and The Body. We'd like to welcome Megan to the stacks this week. Hello, everybody. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Megan has been a guest host on the show before, and we're so happy to have her back. Mm -hmm. She is, of course, the host of Chaotic Neutral Adventures, Uh which is a hilarious choose-your-own-adventure podcast. Uh, if you haven't heard a re- most recent episode, oh, at the time we're recording this, it is a Disney musical episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listeners is really don't amazing. need to listen to that. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It blows my mind. Like walking down the street laughing like a mad woman. <laughs> For all those times that you really wanted to listen to somebody who has no talent at singing, just like belt out some Disney lyrics, this is the podcast <laughs> for you. So when I shower, it got, yeah, that. <laughs> so check. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we are, uh, I think by the time this airs, we'll probably have it out. We're doing a Western. Pretty much all of the ridiculous things you can imagine a Western to be. And, uh, Kristen <laughs> is doing one of our fabulous voices for that one. Yay. So it should be exciting. It's a lot of fun. Uh, is this an ancestor of the character you play on, uh, the Innsmouth, uh, Chronicles? <laughs> it could be. Uh, <laughs> apparently I can do one dialect and that's it. <laughs> I I think this is a, this is a good home for you. You've got a very strong <laughs> southern accent going. It's great. <laughs> Typecast again. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, we covered Marvel characters on Buffy. Mm-hmm. So, of course, now we have to do DC. Or else uh, people will riot in the streets. <laughs> dogs and cats. Human sacrifice. <laughs> Just mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, y'all... <laughs> Get it, y'all, Southern. Boom, meant to do it. Absolutely, 100%. What DC character should the Scoobies recruit? Well, I, so I had a couple of thoughts, but I ended up choosing Commissioner Gordon as my choice. Ooh. Uh, I really liked that, um, he's kind of more of a supportive character, but I think specifically for Buffy, he could be like the insider with the police. Um, which also gives a little more credit to the actual police of Sunnydale because they kind of suck. So, (laughs) um, but he could be, yeah, but he could be like such a great ally, right? Cause he could, Mm -hmm. um, like give tip offs to Buffy when there's like crime going down. And he can also, um, be sort of her cover when like shit hits the fan and she's like, crap, I'm now in a really shitty situation, usually because Faith put me there. (laughs) So, (laughs) and Perhaps most importantly, could be an age-appropriate friend for Giles. Yes! Yes! Yay, adult friends for Giles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, of course, so I also had to enlist my husband for some information on what he would choose. And he really wanted me to let everybody know that his choice for this question, this question, is the question. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to help me out here. I have no idea. Okay, so um, the question is kind of like a Rorschach character, um, where he okay. is like a detective, but he doesn't have a face. 
Um, and he's like super into the occult. So, uh, and my husband's favorite character. Into the occult. That would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine's like on kind of a similar track as far as like an occult character. And I also don't think he's too overpowered. And mine would be Dead Man, if you're familiar with that character. Yeah, not on this side. No. What, okay. What's he from? Um, he's from Dead Man. Mostly. Oh, he's his own. Com- okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's a side character. Like he's in like Justice League Dark and that kind of stuff. Okay. And a lot of like any team that is very supernaturally oriented, he's usually involved in some way. Uh, but he was a trapeze artist who got killed and then became a ghost who basically uh, takes over people's bodies to like. Solve murders. But the thing is, this he's is a complicated. Ghost. <laughs> it's very complicated. I think in the Buffy world, he'd basically be their ghost friend who occasionally could like take over somebody's body. Okay. But most of the time, he's just kind of a ghost hanging out, making like ghost comments. Okay. I can see that working. <laughs> that could be pretty interesting, especially depending on if he could like possess anybody. Cause then big bads mm-hmm. would definitely not be so big bad. <laughs> well, I assume that a lot of the supernatural stuff is probably immune to him. Like, I don't think Glory would get taken. Well, maybe. Maybe Gloria's Ben. <gasps> oh, oh the no, Glory, Glory was there. No, Ben was there. Yeah, and then and then, and then Glory was there. Yeah, I don't know what happened in the middle. I don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm fuzzy on that for some reason. Uh, so I, I had a lot of runner-ups. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, you know, first thing that came to mind was Green Arrow. Yep. But same problem as Hawkeye. Hot He's guy. gonna run out of those arrows. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do? Uh, I thought that they could use Aquaman to catch the naughty swim team. Oh, God. He just made his own side mission. <laughs> but that's the only time we see the ocean, even though they're right by it. So that would yeah. <laughs> be super helpful. Um, the Flash, I thought, would be helpful because they don't have cars and Buffy's constantly <laughs> running around Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah, she'd just be running alongside him and he goes up ahead. <laughs> and also, like, they kind of need, like, a science-y type. Willow's kind of more, at this point, just straight up witch so mm-hmm. we, we kind of need the science again but for my final answer i'm going with killer croc <laughs> nice. because they spend so much time in the sewers <laughs> oh nice they could get you know like the inside info okay. plus with riley gone they really need some sort of caveman-esque <laughs> character oh. there's a lot of shade going towards riley i appreciate that mm-hmm. i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> uh. it's just honesty there <laughs> Killer Rock is responsible for one of my favorite moments in any DC property ever. There's an episode of the animated show where all the different villains are talking about how they almost killed Batman. And there are all these really elaborate stories. And then Killer Rock says, one time I was going to hit him with a rock. And then everybody looks at him. <laughs> well, it was a really big rock. I remember that. Yeah, yeah that was a good really one. Like that. <laughs> That's super cute. Uh, my, my other runner up that I was going to suggest, but then realized how incredibly ridiculous it was, was to have Crypto the dog. Oh, <laughs> everybody needs a little sidekick. I think Crypto would be adorable, <laughs> but definitely like, even though he's a dog, way too powerful for the Buffyverse. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They need a pet though. We, we stopped seeing Miss Kitty Fantastico and we really, they oh, need pets. What was the super friends, the monkey Gleep, something like that? Oh, I can't remember. There was like a blue monkey. Word for it. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember its name. He was like hanging around with the Wonder Twins, just basically being comic. That sounds awesome. I can see Xander with a monkey friend. (laughs) Then he's no longer the butt monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Or he has a butt monkey friend. They're the butt monkeys. A butler monkey. (laughs) They're just butt monkeying around. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys know this. This is actually going to be our 50th episode. What? Yeah. That's yeah so if you include the, the field trips. Yeah. 
So to celebrate our 50th episode, I felt like maybe we should, you know, really embrace the holiday and uh, review the saddest episode in Buffy history. Okay. <laughs> That's what the word celebrate means, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, commemorate, celebrate, commiserate, all the same. <laughs> but before we get to that, just, just tissue <laughs> waste in, just cry in a corner, make an episode. Yeah. Let's head into the Sunnydale Stacks and open the books on I Was Made to Love You. So, holy crap, this is a long previously on. I know. That was my first time. This is the longest so previously much. on. Yeah, I actually forgot where this fell in the line of everything because I had been watching ahead. And so I came back to this episode and I was like, did Riley just leave before this? And then like, what happened? I, so like Spike happened with all of the Drusilla stuff. And then there was the Riley stuff. And then there was like the mom stuff. I was like, Jesus, this is the whole season right now. <laughs> yeah, this would be a weird one to come in on as your first episode of the series. I think what would be great yeah. is if we had this previously on and then they immediately had to cut to commercial because it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut to the end credits. <laughs> Just, oh, God, that was everything. So after Spike's pleasure cave, the, oh. or what he thinks is his pleasure cave, <laughs> Buffy feels gross. She didn't like it. I feel gross after hearing that. Yeah. I'm going to keep using it just in oh. pleasure cave. I like your pleasure <laughs> cave. <laughs> so she's taking it out on her workout, beating the shit out of some puffy shape in the corner. <laughs> Nobody puts Puffy Shape in the corner. <laughs> it's Puffy Xander. Puffy Xander. This is adorable, but I question the uh, usefulness of just having a Puffy guy standing there. Yeah. Like, what's the difference between Xander and a punching bag right now? Yeah, I don't... Maybe they started as doing something else, but still, like, he's not going to be very good <laughs> as an attacker. The punching bag can't compliment Buffy later, so that's kind of important, I guess. Depends on your mental state. It could. Yeah. <laughs> she does seem pretty lonely in this episode, so, you know. Fan theory. It was a punching bag. Xander wasn't there. This entire episode, Xander's a punching bag. <laughs> Makes the party seem a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think it all fits if we just agree that that episode where Buffy's in the mental hospital is true. Uh, oh, man. The other yes. saddest episode. <laughs> M's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> so she's beating herself up. You know, what is it about her that attracts weirdos like Spike and drives away the good guys like Riley? Would would we say that Riley's a good guy? I think there's some flawed logic going on here. <laughs> Maybe you should meant like I I drove away season uh four Riley and he became season five Riley. <laughs> <laughs> she could make the argument that did I turn Riley into douchebag? She tur- she turns men evil. I mean she did with Angel. Yeah. Kind of Parker. Yeah. Parker was a I'm, dick to begin with. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm obviously kidding. She but I could see where you would get into that mental state. Sure, yeah. yeah. Obviously, she did not turn Parker bad, and she did not turn Riley bad. They were just doucheheads. <laughs> but, yeah, there is a trend there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Xander, of course, tells her, just be yourself, and the right guy will love you, which is great advice. Mm-hmm. Much better advice than run after the helicopter with Riley in it. But, you know, they can't all be winners. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that now he has the full story. It's like... Oh, I, uh, sorry about the terrible advice there, Buff. <laughs> this is, I feel like this is a pretty strong episode for Xander. Like, he's, he's got some good one-liners, he's got some mm-hmm. good Buffy advice. 
does well in this one. He he definitely comes off looking like a a, a real good guy in this episode. It's, <laughs> it's a good one for him. A lot of times he can look out a little bit like a a fool. Yeah. <laughs> Like a butt monkey? Yeah. Like a funny monkey, funny syphilis guy. So we cut to a girl getting out of the, a car on the one street in Sunnydale. Guy tells her, or asks her rather, what are you looking for in Sunnydale anyway? True love. <laughs> yep. Credits. <laughs> Listeners can't see the blank stare. I'm, I'm doing a really great robot impression. True love. <laughs> it is one of your best impressions. It's no troll, but... <laughs> That was spot on. You just haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> so Joyce is tr- showing off her new dress by twirling. Aww. Joyce. This is a really pretty dress. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to Google Im- image search it and find out where I can buy it. Probably in the 90s, I'm guessing. <laughs> they make those anymore. <laughs> it's very pretty. It's, I'm sure it's somewhere on eBay. Maybe somebody is in like an Etsy store where they make Joyce dresses. <laughs> I like that the girls are into their mom dating and aren't like, gross, mom. Yeah, because that I feel like that's the tack that every show and movie uses and it gets kind of boring. Yeah. True. Well, Joyce has been single for a very long time, right? We're, what, five years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, five years at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's about time. It's about time for Joyce. They're also, like, not itching for their parents to get back together. It isn't like, oh, but Hank... He's just so active in our lives, and we love him so much. <laughs> totally a real character on the show. I don't remember, like, when in this in this show, like, Hank became such a terrible character. Like, he started out pretty decent. He showed up every now and then. He seemed yeah. to be in good terms with with Joyce. But then suddenly he was like, oh, yeah, that asshole that ran away with his secretary. And, and it feels so weird to have kind of that character transformation entirely off screen, where it seems like he's pretty decent. And goes to being more or less complete tool through things we hear about him. I feel like they just couldn't get that actor back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like they could probably have just replaced him and no one would have noticed. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, back early 2000s. Granted, like, they were starting to release stuff on home video, but it's not like, I don't think everyone would immediately be like, that's not the real Hank Summers. Yeah, Yeah. he's so generic, middle-aged white guy. I couldn't pick him up out of a lineup right now. (laughs) Can you imagine, like, running into him on the street and be like, oh, my God, Hank Summers! <laughs> I'm your biggest fan! It's like, this is literally the only time this has ever happened to me. I felt so bad. I went to a comic convention, and my friend's husband went and got in line for food, and in front of him was Claire Kramer, who plays Glory. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, my God, it's Claire Kramer! But, like, didn't say anything because he didn't want to, like, bug her. She's yeah. on a break. She's getting something to eat. And somebody, you know, tapped on the shoulder. Another celebrity was like, you know, you don't have to wait in line here you can go back to the green room with everyone else and she just brushed him off and goes "Ugh, no one knows who i am and i was like no oh, claire kramer i would totally know who you are I know who you are that's so sad <laughs> yeah. well she's she's of the people yeah there you go she doesn't need no stinking green room mm-hmm. <laughs> she can wait in line like the rest of us like a nice normal non-privileged human plus i saw what happens in those green rooms in that one movie green room it was not pleasant. Yeah, that's not good stuff. <laughs> no. Now we have two people that have seen a movie that I don't have <laughs> never even like last year. <laughs> okay. I will take your word on that. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. It doesn't end up well for anybody that actually is in a green room. No. Oh. Makes me kind of scared <laughs> to go into green rooms in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Tara and Anya are walking on campus. Why is Anya on campus? 
I guess she's just hanging out with her. That's like a, like, that's, this is the first time the two of them have just been like buddies. And they're talking about the stock market or like stock investing portfolios or, I, well, they're talking about the internet. And yeah, how Anya's invested and then talking about the internet. I do like the, the bit about how everyone's spelling is really bad because that's still very much the case. <laughs> that's one constant in the internet. Despite spell check existing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that Anya's been trading stocks online. I feel like that totally makes sense for mm-hmm. her, that she loves it, and that she'd be good at it. I also feel like that should have paid off at some point. Because she even said, yeah. like, she made a bunch of money, and then mm-hmm. th- that was kind of the end of that little side story. Yeah, like, she doesn't, you know, buy a house or a fancy car, and at some no point in the future is when Buffy's hard up for cash, does Anya go, here, it's a yeah. ton of money. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're planning to do more with it. I'm sure there's... Oh, I mean, I hope there's some reference to it in a later episode. I'm just forgetting, but it's definitely not like a big plot point ever, which is no. odd. Yeah. Seems like it, it, it could and should be. Oh, you know what? She pays for all those broken windows. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Useful. Mm-hmm. She's just investing money back into her husband's business. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry. Ugh, no, boyfriend. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Oh, oh. <laughs> Darn. Uh. No. <laughs> no. Not really. No. Not really at all. Mis- misleading? <laughs> there you go. It was all a trick. <laughs> no. It was all a dream. No. Mental institution. Oh, no. They're approached by April, who's looking for Warren. Do you know where Warren is? And if you do, could you tell me? <laughs> That's not suspicious at all. Not in the least. So other than the lack of social skills... Right, like she uh, she doesn't do small talk, mm-hmm. um, and she will interrupt your conversation with very little preamble. Why is April immediately off? Like, what is it about her that immediately screams there is something wrong here? There's something about her physicality where she seems to not move anything but her head most of the time. Yeah, she never gestures. Mm-hmm. I picked up on that. Yeah, they've got a really good actress for this because she has a very she naturally has a very wide mouth. So when she smiles, it's just a very, very large smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also picked, was watching, I think she's just really good at moving one of her facial features, like, in a very short and quick manner, mm-hmm. where it seems like it's a gear rather yeah. than, like, a fluid motion of the way a mouth would normally move. Like, isolating different muscles in her yeah. face when she's moving. Yeah. I was trying to do it in the mirror, and I can't not. <laughs> I mean, no, I wasn't. No, it's- I mean, I was great at it. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Audio podcast. <laughs> Visual effects are pretty much great for this. I yeah. know, right? We're so good. Trust me. I still wonder why our VFX budget for each episode is like a hundred dollars. I don't know what you're talking about. That's clearly all right here. I don't know why I always have to be the one to pay it <laughs> in cash to Kristen. Wait a minute. <laughs> It's really paying off. It just, it adds to the entire experience. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. So there's a spring break party. Spring break. Is this at the college? I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Do you have any ideas where it actually is? Uh, It's the other extension of the bronze. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like All the, the their party set. room. <laughs> <laughs> so Buffy's dancing with Xander, and mm-hmm. this time, not the sexy shoulder dance. Yeah. She's keeping her shoulders to herself. (laughs) That that shoulder action. (laughs) Hey, look, Ben's there. First question, 
do we think there's some sort of connection between Ben and Glory? Well, I mean, Ben was here, yeah. but then, like, Glory was Do you think there's there. a correlation between the two? I mean, I think it's just they're, they're two characters in this season. I have seen nothing to suggest that they're related in any way. Do you think that Ben's helping Glory? No, that would I mean, he, he seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. She must have scared him off. I mean, she is terrifying. Yeah. Mm, for sure. Okay, so now that that's mm-hmm. figured out. Uh, second question, why is he at a college party? Yeah. I mean, Xander knows. I, he must have a friend because Xander's yeah. not in college. He just knows uh, the gals. So Ben must have a buddy. But when is Ben making friends? Because he's a young doctor. He has a lot of free time for being a young doctor. He does. Mm. It's those part-time doctors, you know. (laughs) This is a casual doctor. (laughs) A recreational doctor. (laughs) Oh, I'm an amateur doctor. Uh, That's a crime. (laughs) I like his joke about having orthopedic pants. Yeah. And mostly like the fact that it doesn't land. (laughs) (laughs) And then Buffy tries to force laughter and it's awkward. She's the robot there. Yeah. Well, every, everything about their interaction is awkward. Like his sort of non-emotion interaction with her. Like he's just very deadpan the whole time. And then she's trying way too hard. It's kind of like when James Franco and, uh, what's her face did the Oscars together. Oh, and Hathaway. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like way too opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) And it was just awkward as hell to watch. That was this interaction for me. Mm. I feel like that makes this interaction interaction kind of endearing because that that was me when I was trying to like date and talk to people. <laughs> I'm sure Chris can tell you stories of me like saying something that I think is funny and and cute, and it just met with a blank stare. <laughs> I don't know. Listening to this podcast may uh, may know what it's like when Kristen or something. She's being real funny. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, no, not at all. Who wants a vampire <laughs> knock-knock joke? Okay, <laughs> if we must. I think it's really cute that Xander likes the similarities between April and Anya. Yeah. I just like yeah. when he finds her, like, adorable. lack of social skills adorable, because it is. <laughs> uh, here's a weird thing about Ben and Buffy's interaction. He Buffy asks him to dance, and he eventually says, okay. He knows <laughs> his secret identity. I feel like if I were Ben, I'd be like, I got to stay away from you. You will try to kill me in the future. Or like, I'll endanger you because. Yeah. yeah. No good. There's no future in this. Yeah. That's that's one of the weirdest things about this character is he he's supposed to come off as kind of a nice guy, but he knows his deal. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to do very much to try to, I guess, to use ironically, to quell the problem outside uh-huh. of summoning a space demon to murder people. When I was watching this, I was thinking that it would just be so much more interesting if Ben had no idea that he and Glory were sharing a body. Or maybe if we didn't know that yet. I don't know. It just, I yeah. agree. It feels, I don't know if maybe they showed their hand too quickly with Ben, or maybe they just mm-hmm. could have written his character a little differently to make it like that much more exciting when, when everybody saw the whole change to Glory. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it kind of undermines a lot of the interactions that we get with him now. Yeah. It, it feels like the, the choice to make the, the mystery be that the Scoobies don't know it to be the prime mystery of his character to not really have that much weight, especially because they're not really expecting there to be an alternate form of glory or anything. It just seems like, oh, this is information they don't know. So they just don't know it. 
Right. There's, there's not, it doesn't feel like it, it ups the stakes that significantly. Him wanting to be a doctor so he can help people despite the fact that his alter ego kills them, mm-hmm. like is noble and all that, but also like, you know right now that Dawn's the key. Leave town. Yeah. Yeah. You warn her, lock yourself in a cage. Mm-hmm. Don't be around Buffy because you could turn into glory at any second. Yeah. Like, this is just, you're just not doing enough. And maybe you can find some way to, like, medically induce a coma. I mean, yeah, I, it it sounds kind of shitty to be like, okay, but, like, your alter ego has driven a bunch of people crazy. I'm assuming killed at least as many. Mm-hmm. And could bring about hell on earth. Maybe, dude, maybe kill yourself. I don't know. <laughs> but, like... I mean, yeah, that is that is harsh, but there is an element of, like, you, you have to do something, and he's not – becoming a doctor isn't enough. Right. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Just that. But I think you make a good point. Like, he, he knows that Don's the key. He knows that Glory's looking for her. He should absolutely just leave town. Like, mm-hmm. people need doctors just about everywhere. He could go do that somewhere else. Yeah, and even if it's a thing of, like, oh, I'm going to go out of town, and then Glory's just going to come right back. You could just keep doing that. Like, Try. Yeah. You got. I, I need yeah. the effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, she. So April is looking for Warren, who's there, but bounces. Which I don't. I mean, it's kind of like a weird. Why? Just. I guess he needs to see her and know that she's after him. Yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. So Spike's at the party. Oof, Spike. Yeah. Buddy, why? Keep your distance. Yeah, there's there is like a next grade level stalker going on, and this is like I guess well beyond that because he's already kidnapped Buffy by this point. <laughs> yeah. You kidnap some of them, you tie them up, they make it very clear they want nothing to do with you. They beat the shit out of you, and then you're like, "What? Can't we be friends?" No, no. <laughs> no. This isn't a friend zone situation. This is a like go away forever situation. Yeah, she could stake you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very easily. I'm really shocked she hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. This is like that, uh, this is if Say Anything took a really dark turn and she was like, no, seriously, go away. <laughs> Peter Gabriel's playing the whole time. <laughs> On the other hand, I like Ben's move here. It's kind of cute. Him saying, look, I want to give you my number before you see me, Dion. Aww. That's cute. I like it. So Spike fucks with April. And she throws him through a window. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty amazeballs, not gonna lie. <laughs> and then she shows Buffy and says, I hope that your boyfriend will take good care of you. Oh, I do not like that programming. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, right away. This is some Stepford wife shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some, there's some old code in there. I mean, so putting aside the con- like incredible misogynistic bullshit that that was, Buffy's reaction, I feel like, was a little uh, too wounded for that. Like, mm. I would understand if maybe this was right after Riley had left, but it's been it's been a little while, and I yeah, feel like been. she's <laughs> how long? It's been how long? It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I just I didn't feel like she should have been that like put down by it. I see what you're saying, mm. and that makes sense. That like. She's still pouty over Riley, and so that would be her reaction. But I I guess I didn't catch that. I just saw, mm. like, kind of confusion and just the whole, like, I don't like tiny, strong women that aren't me. <laughs> I don't like the fact that this girl just shoved me. Yeah, but I, I do feel like throughout this episode they're trying to to make the case that 
Buffy is still feeling really wounded and like not whole without a man, which seems, I don't know. It seems again, it's too late. Like you said. Right. And also it just feels like a weird storyline to put in for this character right now at this point in the series and have it resolved in this one episode. Mm -hmm. It, I mean, they're trying to draw similarities between her and April and, uh, no thanks. And even at one point between her and Warren, because when they, they, it's, it's when they're, they're talking about how, uh, how like lonely and, and pathetic do you have to be to create a robot? And they do this cut to her that makes it seem like, oh, that's like me. I feel really lonely and pathetic. It's like, that's no. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that doesn't track for me. No. I feel like at this point she's in other episodes already much more over it than she is in this episode. She's flirting with Ben here and it's yeah. adorable. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And when you take away the whole, you know, my other, my sibling could kill you. <laughs> Just without that, you know, that little thing. Just a minor inconvenience. Um, so later, they're, they're in the magic box discussing it and uh, saying, you know, at, at least she didn't do too much damage. And Xander says, are you kidding? Double glazed glass ain't cheap and the jam is completely destroyed. Oh, my God. I'm the adult that only sees the world through my job and I must be shunned. <laughs> <laughs> and Willow's response of just, oh, okay. I... F- I I had to turn off the episode. I was laughing so goddamn hard. <laughs> I started drooling onto my desk because I could not stop laughing. I have never caught that before. Just to heard such casual. Okay. Drool. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys been there? Have you had that issue where you're like, God damn it, I'm doing my job right now and I'm not at my work. Yes. When I see a mismanaged line, ugh. <laughs> I am just like the house manager in me is like, oh, give me one person and two minutes and I'll just solve for you. <laughs> Do you science everywhere? I just science the shit out of everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, like, I do, uh, I mean, and part of it, I think, is just because of how much, like, I see for my job. I do feel like I see a lot more of, like, just rape culture things and just maltreatment of people in general. And I'm just, mm-hmm. like, things that normally I think people would just be like, oh, that's just people playing around or it's just silly or it's just talk. Like, I sometimes am, like, way overly sensitive about it. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. God, that's, oh, that's really not okay to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah. So sometimes I'm just like, all right, just. Calm down. <laughs> Not everybody reads as many books as you do about this. Not everybody's working on this all the time. It's okay. It's going to be all right. <laughs> the Scoobies immediately come to the conclusion that she's a robot. <laughs> I, d- I do like this bit. I was going to say robot. <laughs> I've always hated this. Oh, I love really? it. No. It just kind of feels like that's... That is not the immediate thing you would come to. I think that's part of the joke is that it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost meta in the way of like everybody watching this episode, even if you don't know ahead of time, it's the robot episode. You're like, Oh, she's probably going to be a robot. It is, it is bordering a little on, on too meta, but it is these characters realizing the world they live in and the craziness that happens all the time. And the fact that they've already encountered human robots yeah. before. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time. And that they're just like, yeah, I think it's a robot. It, that, I don't know. It's it's funny to me. Counter argument. Mm-hmm. She talks like Anya. She's as strong as Buffy, and she's looking for a boy. She could be a vengeance demon. I I don't think that's how they work. I don't know. I really want to pick I a really side. Pick a side, Megan. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Go, team Mike. <laughs> 
I I was kind of on the same boat as Mike because I was like, well, this is at least like their third, at least their third robot that they've dealt with on this show mm-hmm. by now, right? Betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> but I do agree that the like the her behavior is very Anya esque, and I was like, there's no reason they couldn't have assumed that it's just another Anya as well. But I'm also for the pace of this of this particular episode, I was okay that they were like, yeah, robot, let's keep moving on. You know what's really fun is watching <laughs> this episode with Chris is for the first time since he'd seen it in a long time and he mm-hmm. he for, forgot that uh this was the robot episode and at this point he got so mad. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny uh cuz he just really doesn't like robots. <laughs> um and it, just the more we were watching this episode the more I was just watching him cuz it was so cute. <laughs> Was it like an incident at Chuck E. Cheese where like their animatronic like fell at him or something? As <laughs> just a child? things that it's, robots in is are just ridiculous. It's just a stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. So Giles babysat Dawn, mm-hmm. and they ate cookie dough and talked about boys. Uh, I wish his hair was long enough for her to braid. Uh, yes. His uh his comment about pop music was. Pretty much the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I thought I wrote it down, but I can't seem to find it's, it. Uh, musicians that were chosen for their dance moves. Yeah, yeah. their ability to dance. Aggr- yeah. yeah, like aggressively happy music or something. It was mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. It's like yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. I like it. Especially at that time, because this was like right around, or maybe like a little bit after the peak, but definitely like the TRL era. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. I don't hear anything bad. Being discussed. All right. <laughs> um, Joyce comes home and she is just glowing. Oh, Joyce. Joyce. I like how she's teasing Buffy. I left my bra in his car. <laughs> oh, no. It was at the restaurant. <laughs> on the dessert cart. <laughs> I mean, you can joke, but we saw band candy. Yeah. Two times. Dixon. Joyce is a freak. Twice. <laughs> Two times. <laughs> Meanwhile, April's now going door to door looking for Warren in the middle of the night. Oh, sad robot. That's normal. Willow is tracking down Warren somewhere in Sunnydale, but not having too easy a time with it. Is she just like Googling Warren in Sunnydale? I guess. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't understand the internet at this point. I think she says something about like, I know it's where he's from. So my impression of it was that it was even sadder that like, she doesn't even know about the internet. That she just literally like. (laughs) Found out where this city was because he had said he was from here. This is probably where he is. And it's just walking through the city that she knows he is from to see if this is where he is now. No, Willow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Willow did the same thing, right? Didn't she just wander around Sunday yeah. screaming more? <laughs> I think this comes back to just what what is this town? Because there's apparently only one Warren in the whole town that also has a beach and a university and a high school and a train station and an airport. And an airport. Like, Maybe all the other Warrens ah. got killed. <laughs> well, one of them moved to a different country. So there was at least one other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throughout this episode, uh, Xander keeps commenting on how pretty April is. And it's nice that, like, Anya's okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important in a relationship to acknowledge, like, the other person is not like poke out their eyes once you're in a relationship. They're allowed to recognize when another human being is attractive. Mm-hmm. However, Xander, you are getting disrespectful here. Yeah. You don't need to say it out loud for like the third time. <laughs> Feel it, but like you, you don't say all your thoughts. 
Yeah, maybe too much of Anya's rubbing off on Xander, where he's just like, this thought came into my head, and I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I, I'm with you, though. I like that Anya is kind of comfortable enough with their relationship that it doesn't bother her, because there, I do know a lot of people that if their significant other says anything about another person, they immediately freak out. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> just chill out for a second. <laughs> They're allowed to acknowledge other people are in the world. <laughs> no, it's only me. <laughs> I'm not talking about your friends. I'm just saying in, in the whole world. <laughs> it's just Kristen. <laughs> just me. That's it. So does Giles have any books on robots? Loads. Loads. A tremendous amount of research. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like to see Xander squirm. <laughs> I love that. Uh, speaking of reactions, I know it's especially in this scene, but throughout this episode, there are a lot of sweet little reactions that like between Tara and Willow to stuff the other person says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd never noticed that in, in past reviews. I was like, oh, that's sweet. They're kind of like building up their relationship just very, very casually and subtly. Yep. I like when Tara has her little comment and I don't remember what she says, but she's like, I'm just trying a little spicy talk and Willow yeah. kind of gives her that little smirk. <laughs> <laughs> she, that was, that's after the, she practically had genuine molded plastic stamped on her ass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's also just a lot of really good one-liners in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Xander says, she's a sex bot. What guy hasn't dreamed of that? I miss Oz. <laughs> He'd get it. He wouldn't say anything, but he get, get it. get it. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about this whole concept of a sex bot? Like, how just gross that feels? Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> On one hand, you like, I understand if someone's like, look, people don't want me, and I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. So I, I might as well create someone to... Love me, but as we learned from the last episode, love is not love unless it's reciprocated mm-hmm. and a machine isn't capable of love. But like, I, I get the whole like, but I'm lonely and I want a friend. So you get a puppy. Don't have sex Wait, with a puppy. Okay, I'm not promoting bestiality. <laughs> uh, but like, if you need a friend, cool. But like, when you take away, you're taking away consent. That's the problem, mm-hmm. right? A, a robot can't consent. Yeah. Yeah. The th- thing is, is not so much just that you're creating a thing, but you're giving it like intelligence and then taking away its ability to have free will. That's where it gets really. Yeah. yeah. Like if you want to create yeah. a machine that jacks you off. Like get a flashlight. Fine. Go ahead. Do it. Have that's fun. fine. Pro Weird- masturbation. That's fine. <laughs> Weird flashlight story. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so I lived in an apartment a couple of years ago that had a space in the lobby where it was just kind of. Common knowledge, if you had, like, old furniture or books or something, you just, like, put it here. If it wasn't taken in a day or two, it would get thrown out. But if you wanted it, just go ahead and grab it. One day, I saw in that spot an opened flashlight. I'm not sure if it was used. I didn't inspect it further than that. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. But it was clear, like, that it was a, a, a flashlight packet. It said flashlight on the outside. And, like, the top of the can or whatever it was uh, was, like, opened it just seemed like who who uh, who is going to take that? Nobody. The janitor is going to come by with several layers of thick household gloves to pick it up and throw it out. I appreciate the inclination to oh, I'm I'm going to be nice and let somebody else have something, but nobody's going to take that. No, no, that's just a whole load of no. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't build a sex robot. The whole robot thing, I mean, it just doesn't really feel like you're really looking for companionship, right? Because mm-hmm. it's entirely about dominance at that point. You just want yes. someone to serve you and someone to be subservient. So mm-hmm. it just feels so disgusting, like on so many levels. I don't know if you guys have had this experience where when you date someone who... Is a robot. 
Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, when you date robots <laughs> all the time. Date at least three. Minutes. No, okay, I'm move <laughs> That's why Chris hates robots because yeah. you had an ex. That was, it's all making sense now. <laughs> when you date someone that like just doesn't care about your opinions, your wants, your words, and they stop seeing you as a person, and you're just this prop that they want to move around. That's what this makes me think of. I've dated at least uh, three guys like that. Yikes. Where it just feels like you, you want an April. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at that point, it's, it's about meeting some fantasy that's not real. And mm-hmm. that's a really dangerous area to be. Uh, so Buffy calls Ben, who is just turning back from Glory. Or I'm, wait, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Ben knows Glory. Mm-hmm. No, they were. Well, they apparently, uh, according to this shot, were both uh, orgasming in the same room. <laughs> I think the transformation is just painful. Is that pain? But and also, I think it, it's a weird impression because they just show from the shoulder up, so it looks like they're naked. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like aggressive moaning. I, that kind of implies something to me. That's not ow so much. <laughs> Well, then we, so we get the reveal that Glory, or Ben is wearing Glory's, you know, strapless dress. Ooh, look at that. He's got very narrow hips. I'm impressed. He does. No. <laughs> so Buffy goes to Warren's. I, uh, I immediately don't like this guy. Yeah, he's a real tool. And I need to yeah. point out that, um, apparently Adam Bush, the actor that plays Warren, is the nicest guy. I will have to believe you because I've only ever seen him in Buffy and he's just like the worst person. <laughs> well, that's, so I just want to point out that when I say I hate Warren and he's awful, yeah. I'm complimenting Adam Bush on a job well done, <laughs> well acted role because I'm supposed to hate you. And man, do I. Yeah, because I've heard in interviews that he, he he has experienced people just like being really off put by him as a as a person because of this character. Uh, so yeah, like he's a good guy, but he, he plays a real bad guy very well. Yeah. I would imagine you could never date a Buffy fan. Ooh, yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, that would be tough, especially after some of his later episodes. That would just be yeah. really hard to put away. <laughs> Cause it's, it's not that you can't tell the difference, but like that's your first impression. Yeah. Uh, the way he talks to his girlfriend, I don't want to talk about your sister. Just pack up. Wait in the kitchen. Literally uh. tells her to go in the kitchen. That, see that he's so rude. He just mm-hmm. he wants her to move like a prop. He doesn't want to yep. listen to her. He doesn't care what she. Uh, yeah. Uh. It seems like this isn't the first time that she's had to deal with that either. So mm-hmm. clearly, she's been putting up with a lot of shit from him for a long time, yeah. and for reasons I don't understand. Like she seems like a pretty outspoken person. So it yeah. surprises me that she's just like, yeah, sure, Warren, I'll just sit to the side. Yeah, I kind of wonder what. What was charming about him to her in the first place? Cause you have to assume there was something there and that we're just not seeing it cause he's in like panic mode. Sure. But that when, you know, shit isn't hitting the fan, maybe he can be really charming or funny or, I mean, he obviously must be pretty smart if he's able to build a fully functional sex robot. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it does seem like, why are you, I don't even know you as a character and I know you can do better. <laughs> Ugh. Spike runs into the magic box on fire. Near dark style. <laughs> All the Scoobies hate him. The way that Giles... Oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. I misspoke. The way that Ripper... <gasps> yes. <laughs> ...takes off his glasses. Oh, he just... Oh. I just... I, move the hell on. I want him oh. to hit him. Do yeah. it, Ripper. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I... 
there are certainly moments where Giles is looking pretty good, and that was a good right. moment for him. Oh, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, hello, hello, how are you today? <laughs> hello, Ripper. <laughs> April is still looking for Warren. Oh, and here's here's where Warren gives his evil genius backstory, <laughs> which in no way gives me any sympathy towards him. He wasn't getting dates, and he felt that it was unfair. This is that nice guy complex. That mm-hmm. it is. When you start thinking that you deserve a girl because you're a nice guy is when you stop being a nice guy. <laughs> yep. No girl owes you anything. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy thing. Girls also have feelings and thoughts, and they also get to choose who they partner with. It's insane. Well, 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 what? <laughs> this is the first time hearing of this. There's this thing called agency. <laughs> <laughs> is that like like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Similar. Okay. <laughs> he says she cares about what I care about. She listens to me and supports me. I made a girlfriend, but you don't. It's not reciprocated. Yeah. You don't. She's obsessed with you, mm-hmm. but it's not like you're like, oh, April, tell me about your hobbies. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. That's why this is not a relationship. Yeah. yeah. She's not even really interested. She's just like told to be interested. She's programmed. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she's programmed. So it, inherently, it 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 means nothing that she has feelings towards him because she can't not. There's sort of a commentary also and just the idea that it's important to have someone that isn't exactly like you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you need to have sort of that balance of someone that challenges you and someone that has things that sh- you share with but are not – like, you're not dating a copy of you. God, mm-hmm. I would not want that. <laughs> right? Like, it's annoying and it's boring and you're kind of like, I'm not that great to just be around all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nice to be able to share all your clothes and like fly on top of that. But like, yeah. So why did he not just deactivate her if he didn't want to be with her anymore? Because he's a fucking coward. I'm assuming he was too dumb to like make an off switch. I don't. I think he was passive aggressive. I don't want to deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna tell her to wait for me when I leave town. But I'm never coming back. He's ghosting her. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that wonders, was he just saving her in case Katrina didn't work out? And he was like, mm, well, I don't want to get rid of this. So if this doesn't happen, at least I've got my gross sex toy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on a, a less gross note, I think there, it must have been something where, like, literally he he didn't think that he would ever get sick of her. So he had no way to, like turn her off and save her for later. Again, super gross. So, I, I, yeah, I guess the only way to deal with her is to either, like, destroy her, and he didn't want to take the risk of, like, getting hurt, or, yeah, just ghost her. Because if it was as simple as, like, execute program, shut down. I don't know right, why. I mean, like, yeah. I'm assuming that he'd have to, like, access... Oh, God, that, this sounds like uh, a... Uh, <laughs> sounds like a <laughs> it's not a euphemism. It's not. Access her control panel. Mm-hmm. See, that you didn't mean it that way. Um, yeah, I understand being scared of her because she's super strong. Yeah, it's just weird. And she has yeah. a combat mode. I, the, well, I guess we'll cross that. I mean, he did. It. Well, he did think that she was going to just run out of batteries, mm-hmm. and then yeah. she didn't, which isn't ever explained. But like, I, it's clear that he also recognizes that. Well, I, at least I assume that she is potentially a threat, and maybe it's more that he's afraid that Katrina is going to find out he's a gross perv. But I, I yeah. just assume that. If he was afraid enough to run away, that he knows that she's something that needs to be dealt with. I think he is scared of her physically at this point, but mm-hmm. th- 
leaving originally, I think it was just the coward's way of like, well, I'm leaving town anyway, and her batteries are going to run out, and I just don't want to deal. Mm-hmm. No matter how you cut it, he's 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 being real sleazy about he's it. He's the worst. Yeah, he's yeah. just the worst. April finds Katrina. She gets all jealous, mm. crushes her ribs. Mm. So here's another moment where Katrina, like – Kind of pushes back on April and she's like, Warren's mm-hmm. my boyfriend. I was like, do you really want to take ownership of that guy right now? Like, he's being such a dick. Yeah. And I thought she had, I mean, I guess it could be just one of those, like, we're in a fight right now, but we're not really broken up. But it seemed like she was like, I'm through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then was like, he's my boyfriend. So yeah, she's an interesting character. Yeah. We'd never really get much of a backstory on her. Yeah. Like why yeah. she went for the complete sleaze bag. I also have a totally unrelated question. What is, what is the weather right now in Sunnydale? <laughs> because Buffy is in like a full trench coat with a scarf that's mm-hmm. like wrapped up to her chin. And then Warren's in like a light jacket. And I- and Katrina's wearing underwear. Yeah. I mean, and obviously like April can be wearing or whatever because she's a robot. But everyone else seems to be dressed for a completely different season. <laughs> Last season was hippie skirts. Mm-hmm. This is the season of Buffy's coats. <laughs> she's got a different one every episode. Maybe we miss, like, there's a deleted scene of her just like, I'm going to wear more coats, guys, because I can store more stakes in them. I mean, yeah, sure. Lots of women's pants don't have pockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a problem. So the obvious solution, trench coat. Are these- oh, no, these are pockets. All right. I was going to be like, see, my pants don't have pockets. No, those are pockets. Again, <laughs> they're always po- useful They're half pockets. So I can store a dollar bill. the other half? Just. So Buffy tries to convince Warren to – this is a weird thing. You have to give her closure. No, you have to shut her down. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you doing? You can't just ghost her. You have to sh- – no. Just- I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't He didn't program her with a move on function. <laughs> yeah. So Warren says, I, I don't love you. I love Buffy. What? Yeah. Again, just being a complete tool. Like, I'm just going to shirk my responsibility onto this uh, lady I don't really know mm-hmm. and run after my girlfriend instead of – Staying to help. Uh, did you guys notice the different folders, the execute files that she had when they went to like robot vision? I tried not to look at that that much because it was so awful. But <laughs> it was mostly it was mostly positions, wasn't it? Yeah, like pleasure positions. So the, the parent folder is make Warren happy. Gross. And then, oh. <laughs> there were four different sex folders, three different yep. fetish folders, six position folders, which I ugh, I can't even. And then two kissing folders, because you need different kissing styles, I guess. No, no conversation folder? Or- uh, there was a compliment folder, a listen sympathetically folder, and then a give give neck rub folder. <laughs> this is actually making me mad, guys. This is making me mad. Because that's what some guys think yeah. a quote-unquote relationship is. Yeah. So one-sided. No conversation back and forth. Mm. Pay me compliments. Rub my neck. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and yeah. let me be clear. I don't want to be like, there are plenty of girls that are completely self-centered this mm-hmm. way too. It's just the rapey culture thing that makes yeah. it equally gross. But if the, if the, if it were reversed and there was a guy robot that was just all about this self-centered girl, <coughs> glory, <coughs> um, <laughs> it would be also terrible. Yeah. yeah. Let me take back the, genderizing of it people <laughs> relationships are two-way streets yeah although 
there is a little bit more like of a social acceptance of a like a guy who's overprotective mm-hmm. and super into his girlfriend. And then in there, yeah. like when a, like so in this instance with the girl robot, it feels very rapey, very unsettling. Mm-hmm. But if it were a girl doing it with a guy robot, like I agree, it should elicit the same thing. But I think a lot of the time it just elicits overprotective kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's also the historical like that's how women were expected to act in the 50s. Yeah. Do you think part of it might be that um, it's not as socially acceptable for men to go on spa days and that's what they really want? <laughs> they should go on spa days. I think that would help. Men should do it. Because that's that's fun. what you want. You want neck rubs and just for people to you know listen, make you feel good, and not talk about themselves. Just go for a spa day. Yeah. And then that you'll be all great. recharged. That's all Warren needed. There was a guy at my last mani- uh, manicure. There was a guy that sat down next to me and got a manicure. Well, great. Yeah, that's a, you treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, one manicure and none of this Warren business would have happened. Buddy, you just gotta, you know, pamp yourself a little. Take a mm-hmm. take a bubble bath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Light some candles. Man, can you imagine if we had like stopped Warren in this episode? How different Buffy would have been. <laughs> well, he's not responsible for anything horrible later on. Not at all. <laughs> 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 Mike's crying in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, next episode. (laughs) So Buffy damages April, who now can't move. Why did she have a combat mode? Uh, It was a protect protect Warren. Warren. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if there's a break in? (laughs) He's a nerd. He he doesn't have the, the brawn to defend himself. But like a combat mode on your girlfriend? (laughs) Why not? I got two kissing folders. <laughs> I guess it's better than a third kissing folder. Right about that. At he's least just, kissing's on there. If he yeah. was like, I don't care, you know. I would, I would almost give him a little credit if one of them had a subheading French <laughs> for kissing. So that, because so you know, he's doing lots of little sweet little Eskimo kisses too, <laughs> butterfly kisses. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's just. I mean, you just. You've got some adorable th- – they actually cuddle. Aww. No, no, no. Ew. If you just made a cuddle bot, that would have been a lot sweeter. <laughs> Cuddling is a two-way street, Mike. You can't <laughs> consent to a cuddle if you're a robot. Uh-oh. Then my uh, 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 Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, no, oh, God. no. It was just cuddling. It's a teddy bear. I think without Mike picked up that flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't sew it into the Teddy Ruxpin. Oh my god! <laughs> he went there. Oh dear god. Oh my god. <laughs> Poor Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, oh no. April Mock 2. Oh my god. Does he have a combat so mode? <laughs> Then I just, like, taped a steak knife in his hand. <laughs> He's in combat mode. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Sunnydale stacks, ruining childhood everywhere. <laughs> Gosh, you can't even cry. Because girlfriend, good girlfriends don't cry. That's blackmail. Oh, God. I fucking hated that line so much. Yeah. Fuck you, Orin. Because, <sighs> like, it's not even that that's just an opinion he has. He had to fucking program that into her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's, uh Yep. Yeah. Because he doesn't care uh, about your feelings, Mike. Specifically uh, you. Oh. oh 
<laughs> specifically addressed me. <laughs> April says, I did everything I was supposed to do. I was a good girlfriend. So was Buffy. Mm, yeah. So Buffy learns from April that changing yourself to be the perfect girlfriend is no guarantee that he'll stick around. And as Xander said, so just be yourself. Did anybody else notice in the park? So they're they're in the park for this whole scene, uh, especially when they're just kind of sitting there. There's a lot of ambient park noises. There is nobody around. Like this, like the sound <laughs> of children playing and like things <laughs> it's happening. Cheaper to do sound design than cast children. <laughs> Maybe that's something that's just playing out of April speakers. She's like, <laughs> I am in park mode. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's totally not important to the, to the plot, but as I was watching, I was like, where are these noises supposed to be coming from? <laughs> they're all right behind the camera. There's a bunch of kids playing, and they're like, wasn't it weird when those two ladies were fighting and they kept throwing each other around? It's our turn on the swing. You're not even using them right. <laughs> Think that lady is dead and possibly a robot. <laughs> so it's getting dark, which means that April runs out of power. Aww. Buffy and Xander are talking while Xander fixes the window. Buffy says, do you have any idea what you're talking about? Yeah, I do. Confident Xander, man. Oh, he's so sweet in this episode. Yeah. This is a good Xander episode. Mm-hmm. He's still, like, a little doofy Xander with the talking about, like, how hot April is. But, like, in, a in like, a, a charming, like, just, oh, you're a little doofy. But you're <laughs> still, like, sweet and kind and helpful. So Warren's leaving town. Or so he thinks. Bum, bum, bum. Spike's there. Spike wants a robot. Specifically a Buffy bot using his box of horrors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, horrors. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pretty small box. <laughs> so no, not flashlights in there. <laughs> It's big enough for Teddy. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was a blonde wig I saw in there, but it might have been a Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> it's Theodora Ruxpin. The girl. Was there a Theodora? No. <laughs> I mean, there could have been. They did that with, I mean, She-Ra. They did that a lot in the 80s. Just like, let's just gender swap this character and make no significant I am sure changes. there's a female version, but I don't think they called it Theodora. <laughs> they should have. Listen out. Uh, so Spike's still not taking no for an answer. And still being very charming with moms. Moms, huh? no. Oh, god because damn it. Why you got to segue to that? Why? <laughs> no, Why? I was saying because it was Warren's mom. We had Warren's like two mom. more minutes of happiness. Warren's mom let him in, so obviously he's very charming with people's moms. Sure. I'm not, there's nothing else that happens with moms, right? Yeah, the episode ends there, I'm pretty sure. Just We're stopped. done. That's it. <laughs> well, as written, it did. Oh, oh, really? It was not written with this tag originally. They oh, added it, it uh, later. Yeah, so so Buffy comes home. <sighs> Brian sent her mom flowers. Yep. She looks for mom, but mom's behind her on the couch. Mm. And she says, uh, mom? Mom? Mommy? For some reason, the mommy, like... <sighs> Just, uh, it hurt me. It hurt me hard. <laughs> yep. What, what is with the show and having big moments with the word mommy at the end of episodes? I mean, but this one was well done. Yeah. This yeah, is... it wasn't an Adam mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine getting this, you know, cliffhanger in real time and needing oh. to wait a week. It was 
shitty. Like, yeah. I, I remember watching this episode and freaking the fuck out. Yeah. I feel I feel like I would throw something at my goddamn TV. Like, just, Ooh. are you kidding me? Like, I obvi- you obviously, like, you you know what's happened. You had to have mm-hmm. known what, like, in general terms, what happened. Yeah, yeah and I think, um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it in the next episode, but I think I was hoping that it was just, it was going to lead to something else. Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, something had happened, but she's going to be okay, or, like, they'll revive her, or... Like I, I yeah. was convinced that it yeah. was not going to end up the way it did. Yeah, like they, they'll have to like make some bargain or like make a deal with Glory to get her back or something. Mm-hmm. But no. So what's the lesson? And I was made to love you. Don't make a sex robot. Don't do that. <laughs> that is a bad thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You can't force someone to be your perfect idea of a significant other, mm-hmm. and if you try to force yourself. To be his perfect or her perfect idea of a significant other, that won't work either. So you be you and let other people be themselves and you will find that perfect person. Oh, What do you guys think? I, I like this episode. I mean, it's, it's definitely a bit goofy in places, but I think it's, it's, it's fun enough that I don't mind it being a, a little on the sillier side. And I I do feel like its placement in the season, having kind of the silliest episode be right before the saddest episode of television ever, mm. um, is a nice, like, I don't want to use, like, comic relief, but kind of, like, here's something to a little bit soften the blow of what's coming. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you, so let's start that. you from a higher place mm-hmm. so that you have room to go low. Yeah. We don't want to hit you right to rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this episode is always kind of tinged for me because I know what's coming next. So I, mm-hmm. there are some really good moments in this episode. There's a lot of really fun one-liners. I love, mm-hmm. I love Xander and Tara in this episode. They have some really good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, because I know what's coming right after it, I always tend to avoid this one. And I also, I mean, just the general creep factor from Warren doesn't help. <laughs> sure. That's probably the same as for me. I usually avoid this one. Um, I always remembered it as being like, I definitely have not seen this one as many times as I've seen so many other episodes of Buffy. Mm. I remember this one as being like, oh yeah, well, I hate Warren just on principle. Um, so no, I don't really care for the robot. The robot thing is kind of dumb. So, um, yeah, I won't watch this one, but this time around, I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because I I knew what was coming next. So I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Happy things. <laughs> it's funny. Um, but it just – I was struck by how funny this one is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how – I mean, yeah, the robot is, thing is weird and the sex bot thing is gross. But the metaphor works for me. Not in terms of like Buffy being heartbroken, but in terms of like, you know – Consent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that old thing. (laughs) Okay, I think it's time to take a break and hear from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Happy Thoughts. When I'm about to discuss a very sad episode of Buffy, I try to think of nice things. Nice things? Like what? Ooh, nice things. Well, let's see. Daffodils, green meadows, skies full of stars... When Spike proposes or plays poker for kittens. Giles brews a kettle and Buffy kills a villain. Willow and Tara making up in entropy. Happy thoughts will get me through the body. 
Class protector ceremonies and Giles' hit on the noodle. Rebels, parallels, and Giles' terrible doodles. Spells go awry, giant snakes explode. These things will get me through the next episode. Buffy's successes when vamps turn to ashes. That welcome sign spike continually crashes. Vamps die from splinters and you're so naughty. These things will get me through the body. When the mom dies, makes your eyes sting. When I'm feeling sad. I simply remember happy Buffy things. And then I don't feel so bad. It's time to put I Was Made to Love You back on the shelf. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> Let's not do it. We can, we can skip this chapter, we'll right? Let's skip it. Uh, okay. And open the books on the body. <sighs> well, there's no previously on. Oof. Just cut right into it. Yep. So uh, this is basically a to be continued, mm-hmm. kind of a two parter episode, although they're not titled as such. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't want to do this. I'm like, I'm seriously <laughs> killing time. I don't want to do this. This is a very well done episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, it is one of those scenes where, um, and Chris and I were talking about it because this is Chris's favorite episode, and he was mm-hmm. he was hoping to join us tonight, but he um, he's too busy, can't do it. About how this is. It's weird to say um, that it's your favorite episode when it's not one that you actually enjoy watching. You know, like the yeah. experience of it is not a happy experience mm-hmm. to watch it, but that doesn't take away from the fact of how well done mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, I think it's one of the few times when I have watched live TV live TV and felt like they actually captured like a real moment that mm-hmm. everyone yeah. has kind of experienced. The pacing of it, the, like, lack of background noise and just, like, focus of everything that's happening, even when it's really trivial things, mm-hmm. um, kind of, I think, pulls everybody into just, like, the pain of the moment um, and how awkward it is and how it's, like, you just feel so lost in every single second after something like that happens. And I I think they do a really good job of handling it. And I agree. It's, it's probably one of the best episodes that I've ever seen, but it's one of those episodes that I really, I can't watch it. Like I, I yeah. can't make it through without crying at least three times. Yeah. It's probably the only good episode of the series that I've only before watching it for, for this maybe seen twice. Like every other episode I've seen at least three times easily. Except for me, like the very worst of the worst, like my like territory. <laughs> I was gonna say, I wrote what <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and because it's just it, it is hard to watch, and it's uh, it's very accurate. So we're back to Joyce on the couch, and it, we after the I almost remember there not being credits. Yeah, it it feels weird that they still have the opening credits. I understand yeah. you have to. I almost yeah. feel like they should have just started with the credits mm-hmm. and not put them after. Yeah, um, or just had like a like a, a shot of just like the title of the show. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty jarring to go from mm-hmm. Buffy walking in on that to like, rock <laughs> <little> Buffy. <laughs> yeah. 
You mean um, Buffy, 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 Buffy? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so post-credits, we get a flashback to a Scooby and Summer's family Christmas dinner. It wasn't until doing research for this episode that I got that this was supposed to be a flashback. I had always thought it was like a similar to what happens later, a fantasy of like Buffy just like kind of oh. goes into. Mm. I, I've always heard it referred to as a flashback, but I, when I, when I've seen it in the past, always thought it was one of those like just kind of like she made it up in her head because it almost seems like very idealized in a way of like yeah. everyone's just having a good fun time at Christmas, but then no, it's mm-hmm. really what's happening. Yeah, I actually forgot that that scene existed entirely. Like, I I remember a lot about this episode, and when this when this showed up, I was like, "Wait, did I skip something? Like, did I miss mm-hmm. did I miss the episode? Did I just black it out because it was too sad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your brain just rewrote it. <laughs> so Anya explains that it's a myth that Santa's a myth. Yeah, which I love. There is a Santa Claus. Uh, he's got the flying reindeer coming down the chimney, and then he, you know. Disembowels children. <laughs> it's a little different. I preferred tiny Jewish Santa. Buffy goes to cut the burnt pie, drops it, and uh, we cut back to Joyce's body. Yeah, I, there's that's one of really a lot of powerful editing choices in this episode. Um, interesting thing about the whole Christmas scene is that it was put in, uh, Jess said, basically, he didn't want uh, credits over anything with. Joyce's body. Oh. So that's that's a large part of why that scene is in there. Um that that's flashback. A good uh, way to like, do it. Yeah. Of Yeah, you're not like distracted by people's names in the in the middle of that. It's just like there's this fun flashback and then hmm. once the credits are all done, you get um back to the situation at hand. I also don't remember there being credits. <laughs> like, no. I didn't remember Christmas. I don't remember credits. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about the silence. Mm-hmm. There is no music in this episode. Yep. And it's really off-putting. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that, like, if I didn't know that, if someone hadn't told me that, I wouldn't be able to put my finger on what was making it mm-hmm. off-putting. It's not like, I'd be like, that episode had no music. It's, yeah. you know, couldn't put on why it's so unsettling. And it is mm-hmm. on purpose because Buffy is... In a, uh, the worst situation possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's putting your audience to feel something where they don't feel safe, where they don't mm-hmm. know what to do, where they f- feel uncomfortable helps us empathize with her and feel. Yeah. Like in the commentary, uh, Joss talks about how music in some way, even if it's, you know, a hard moment is comforting in a way that he didn't want for this episode. Yeah. 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 And I also, I think, because they don't do anything to kind of cover the, like the ambient noises, it just makes everything else that much more harsh. So like hearing every footstep or hearing like the outside noises, like the whole world keeps going, but this like awful thing is happening right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just kind of accentuates that even more. So Buffy tries shaking Joyce, screaming at her and she doesn't wake up. Mm-hmm. So she calls 911. Um, this is. A for real nightmare that I have a lot. Yeah. Not related to Buffy, but just life of the, of coming home or mm-hmm. walking into a situation where someone that I love is unresponsive mm-hmm. and that, and I have to call 911 and yeah. yeah, that's, this is a for real nightmare. 
I actually have had nightmares where I cannot physically call 911. Like my phone is oh, out and I'm oh. trying to hit buttons and I cannot do it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with yeah. you. This is my, this is my real life terror. <laughs> so 911 tells her to start CPR. Uh, Buffy breaks her ribs. Mm. Not Slayer strength, but actually that just happens. Yeah. She says she's cold and the 911 person says the body is cold. And Buffy says, no, my mom. Mm-hmm. I really like the choice to make this whole scene just one long shot. So from the moment that Buffy comes in to calling 911 to doing CPR to I think when she finally hangs up to call Giles, it's just this very, um, I mean, it, it feels clunky, but it's a continuous shot and it's meant to mm-hmm. kind of make you feel like rushed and anxious and panicked. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think they did a really good job with it. And SMG does a, such a good job. Oh yeah. my God. This, she's a trooper. Like I can't, I can't imagine shooting this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the real time also makes it feel more real. Mm-hmm. Makes it feel yeah. like you, that you're really watching this happen. Yeah. Just like in a way. And I think they even kind of make this point in a, in a little later in the episode, um, visually that, uh, in a way, Cuts can be comforting because it reminds you that this is a show and that, right. you know, things are a story that will have certain beats and then there'll be a conclusion. It'll probably be happy or it'll be poetic or bittersweet or something. But one long cut in this manner just kind of leaves you just in the situation. Right. Yeah. And I, I was really impressed with kind of the, the subtlety of the different, like, emotions that that we're supposed to be getting from sarah michelle geller the whole time she goes like from fear to like uncertainty to numbness and then just completely falling apart i mean mm-hmm. yeah just like the full spectrum i think of what you would possibly go through when if god forbid something like that happened oh this poor girl buffy and smg <laughs> uh buffy hangs up on the 911 person and says i have to make a call i re- this is one of my favorite things of this episode is the way from time to time the camera focuses on details of things mm-hmm. and holds on that shot because I mean I can't I know from this episode it can't just be me that yeah. I do this mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm trying to process something big my eyes will catch on something and that's mm-hmm. my whole world in that moment. Yeah, it almost feels like a a, a, nat- a weird natural instinct where it's like this is something really important is happening, something really dreadful. And your mind just like makes these really hard memories. And a lot of times it's about the mundane details of it. Mm-hmm. So some fun science for you. Um, Ooh. Megan's science corner. <sighs> uh, so <laughs> yes. Um, when pretty much any time that you experience trauma, so something big, whether it's like a death or um, a catastrophic event or, you know, whatever, essentially what's happening is your brain is getting flooded with different hormones and um, because of that, it forces your your focus to kind of narrow in and you essentially get like a tunnel vision onto only certain things. So it's different for everybody. But like mm-hmm. some people like for when Buffy is just focusing on the numbers of the phone, like the, that's kind of that feeling that you have of you're just your body is so overwhelmed and your brain is so overcharged with everything else that's going on that it can't function to do anything else other than just like the immediate task right in front of it. That, yeah, that makes total sense because that's exactly the feeling. Science is awesome. (laughs) Science is awesome. 
Buffy calls Giles and says, Giles, you have to come. She's at the house. And that's all. Yeah. And it's all she's got. The paramedics arrive and continue CPR. And Joyce coughs and wakes up. I forgot about this. This is a, this is a incredible nut punch. <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, oh, just fucking with you. <laughs> well, I, I, I like to how they decided to shoot this where there's kind of the initial like cough awake and then it starts cutting more and more frequently. Yeah. And jumping um, ahead in time. Yeah. So at first it's kind of comforting, like, oh, everything's okay. But then it gets almost unnerving again because it's like, no, it's too okay. Mm-hmm. This is like, too this ideal. This can't be. This can't the, be weird like what's happening. The show doesn't happen like this. No. This just right. isn't Buffy. And they say, it's a miracle. She's good as new. She says, thank God you found me in time. But she imagined it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the paramedics give up on CPR. I feel so bad for the paramedics in this moment because yeah. to have to do this with the family watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if you're in an operating operating room and it's like, you know, all right, someone go tell them what happened. But when they're watching you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and also like the fact that they they come in, they have to deal with that situation and then they have to leave to go deal with another one. Like just that back to back, like instantaneous, horrific. Is that thing. real? That, I, like that always seemed to me like there's no way that actually happens in real life. I, I mean, it. I was reading that um apparently in, in California the the law is different than it's it's shown here where you can't two paramedics can't call time of death, can't declare somebody dead without um there's some kind of specialist that you need to declare somebody dead. But I think from what I was reading that um in other states and other places, um paramedics can declare somebody dead if it's it shows that there's not been vitals for like X a amount certain of amount of time. Mm-hmm. Think you can't, or maybe at the time of the show you could have. No, but I mean, like yeah. they can leave Buffy alone with the body. That just—it doesn't seem like this would ever happen. That like they—that they would have to wait for the coroner. Yeah, I don't know. I—I I, I understand why they might have to, just because of the practical reasons. But I just really hope that this is not how this would go in real life. I always mm-hmm. watch the same like saying to my brain like it's okay Kristen this will never happen to you because no one will ever leave you alone with a loved one yeah <laughs> that's to me like the well, worst they, part they, is that they leave her they do ask if someone's coming right still though yeah, yeah. I mean it's still it's pretty shitty uh, so they they leave they've got another call they do tell her that she probably dialed a while before you found her there was nothing you could have done mm-hmm I think this is another instance where they um they kind of focus in like the camera angle just cuts off like right at his mouth. Yeah. Know? And it really kind of calls attention to like she only can really focus on what he's saying and do her best mm-hmm. to try and actually hear it, but she's yeah. it's just impossible. Yeah. yeah. She's not registering like this is a person. It's just like these are what I'm hearing and that information alone is hard enough to process. I can't yeah. process this individual being a person right now yeah or the fact that i'm supposed to look you in your eyes like no that's not happening yeah it's where she goes outside and you hear the birds singing and it is heartbreaking the world is going on and other people are happy happy and laughing Mm -hmm. and they don't know that your world has just ended yeah oh and it's so sad when she says good luck to them i I mean because that that she's just yeah instinct Mm -hmm. giles arrives 
He assumed that Buffy called because Glory was there. <sighs> he goes to revive Joyce, and Buffy screams out, we're not supposed to move the body. Oh. And obviously shocks herself at referring to her own mother as a body. I also feel like this is this is the first moment that she's able to allow herself to kind of fall apart now that Giles mm-hmm. is yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Breaks my heart. They really do a good job in this episode of letting the weight of every time, and there's several throughout the episode, and without it, again, without music, but just in the way it's shot and the way the actors portray it, every time you hear the little phrase, the body, it mm. has a really dreadful weight to it, which, yeah. um, you know, if you watch a lot of procedural shows and stuff like that, like your Law and Orders and CSI, it can become super casual to hear people talking about body, 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 the mm-hmm. corpse, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and w- it, it just really inf- reinforces that that's somebody um, every time there's a body that's a person yeah. had a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember watching some movie, I have no idea what, where someone had passed on. Mm-hmm. And like had just passed on. This wasn't like a a wake. I think it was, I think it was a daughter and a mom, and the you know mm-hmm. daughter grabbed the mom's body and hugged her to herself. And I remember I said, "Ew." Yeah. I was like, "That's gross." And my mom was like, "What are you talking about? That's her mom." And I said, "Yeah, but that's it's not her mom anymore. Now her mom's gone. That's just mm-hmm. a body." And my mom said, "You know, when I die, you're not going to hug me." I'm going to say, "No, because you'll be gone." And that's the decaying body. And my mom, I remember seeing, like, my mom looked so hurt. Mm. And I was like, this is not an insult to you. Yeah. This is, you are not the bag of flesh that we mm-hmm. live inside. And it's, as I get older, I realize that, that how immature that was. And mm. like, ew, gross. <laughs> um, it probably smells. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that there's uh, sort of a coping mechanism that, pe- that, I mean, we all sort of do when it comes to death, right? Like, it helps to... To kind of remove that that empathy of recognizing that we're all going to be the body at some point by sort of pushing it out as like this non-being and, and just like another object in the room. I think it makes it easier for us to talk about and to cope with a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Dawn is crying at school and a friend tells her it's not a big deal. We, of course, think that this is about Joyce, but it's not. It's about a boy that called Dawn a freak. Because otherwise that other kid is... Just yeah, the dude. worst person ever. Right? Like, it's not a deal. So your mom died. <laughs> Happened like five minutes ago. Get over it already. <laughs> uh, so there's a rumor going around school that Don's a cutter because she cut herself. It was just the one time. and he, It was extreme circumstances. <laughs> she goes to art class. This is so junior high, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like this, mm-hmm. all the, all of these exchanges, you're just like, yep, I have been that person or I know that person. But we can all agree that Kirsty is a biatch, She right? is a total yeah. biatch. She really is. Capital B word. But I do like how even more trivial it all seems because we, we mm-hmm. know right. like, what's going on outside of that. And it's like, in general, high school is always pretty ridiculous. But this is like even more so the case. And that this could be an actual conflict in a different episode. Mm-hmm. But like, there's, you know, Dawn's having a hard time at school because of this, and the teachers need to talk to Joyce and Buffy. And you're yeah. right, it's just because of this episode that it, you seem like, oh my god, this is nothing. <laughs> so they're in art class learning about negative space. God, this is the worst art assignment ever. <laughs> it's awful. The cute boy feels like cutting himself sometimes. 
which I guess is endearing, but also get the boy help. Buffy picks up Dawn from class, and because Dawn refuses to move, Buffy tells her in the hallway. Uh, we see her from her classmate's perspective, and she just crumbles. It's it's so weird because I I guess it's just that you know that what's happened has happened, but. In this scene, I always just feel so bad that she has to do that right in front of everybody. That's the part yeah. that, like, my mind focuses on, which I, m- might be the, the, kind of the point of it is that the, the the littlest dignities you can try to get are are meaningful, and it's just so sad that she can't even like be in a private space when this is happening. Right, and I mean Buffy, I think really tried to get yeah. her out of there. So throughout the rest of this episode, we're going to get um, cutaways to what is happening to Joyce's body as they're going through the motions of what you need to do when a loved one has died. And I think that that's really interesting that we're, mm-hmm. we're getting kind of the story of Joyce's body at this point. Yeah. Willow can't figure out what you wear in this situation oh. when your best friend's mom has died. I have definitely reacted to similar situations like yeah. this. Willow doesn't want to be too somber and depress everyone. She doesn't want to be too cheerful and disrespectful. She wants the blue one because Joyce liked the blue yeah. one. Well, this is uh, apparently based on a real incident where I think it was uh, Joss or maybe one of his friends was going to a funeral and just spent probably a half an hour, an hour, just trying to figure out which tie to wear. Mm. Um, it was just, just couldn't, couldn't do it. I get that way with, like, trying to speak to someone who's just lost somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to find, like, the right words or, like, the perfect yeah. thing to say. But there's, I mean, there's really nothing that does that. I'm the worst. Like, literally the worst at this. You, I am the person you don't want. Because I'm not going to say the right thing. I'm not going to do it. I'm always going to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I am not going to be comforting. In the, like, I'm going to try my damn hardest. Yeah. But, like, somehow it's just going to be awkward. Mm-hmm. And this, I feel like, is really important that, you know, Willow's freaking out because she's in mourning, but she's also, like, aware that right now it is her job as the best friend Mm -hmm. to support Buffy, and she's feeling a lot of pressure. And it is, I mean, it is nowhere near as hard as losing your own parent, but it is also hard Mm -hmm. when a loved one loses another loved one, and you're kind of put in the hot seat because there is nothing you can do. There is nothing you can do. There is no perfect thing to say. But we all want to say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure to feel like you're supposed to be upset, but not too upset. Like you don't mm-hmm. want to seem like they were more important to you because they weren't your like direct loved one. And yeah. it's yeah. And the, like we all just way overanalyze what we're supposed to be doing because mm-hmm. it's just like you just feel so lost. It's that. And it's hard to just turn off your mind and be. Tara kisses Willow to make her feel better, and I burst right into tears. She's so Just sweet. Just right. This is, this is great. This is, they're so sweet. This is not their first on-screen kiss. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Great. So yeah. we should definitely talk about that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it was just that, that policy had changed at this point. It's not really clear from what I've seen, or if it was just like the context of the episode, they're like, obviously this is important to the story. This isn't mm-hmm. some like, mm-hmm titillation or something it's yeah. it's and i think that's yeah probably a big reason is of why it didn't get censored is yeah. because this isn't a sexualized no kiss this right. is kind of as pure as you can get <laughs> yeah. just i'm comforting this person that i care mm-hmm. about there's no way you can accuse this of being 
oh, it's going to, whatever they say. I don't know what the heck they say, that it's lewd, it's going to turn girls into lesbians, whatever dumb shit they say. Well, I think I, I remember reading for like the last season that part of the reasoning was that they would only have that in an episode to be uh, titillating to, to boys watching, which is just like such a backwards way of thinking about it that like two people in a relationship are doing it for just like the pleasure of somebody. They're not April bots. Yeah. Uh, they're human beings who are in a relationship. Yeah. I did think that there was a lot of, a lot of different shows around this time that were going for like, look how crazy we are because we have, you know, gay and lesbian characters now. So yeah. some of it felt very fan servicey of like, Oh, look to our gay couple is finally kissing on screen. And isn't it so exciting? But I really like that this one is not about like, just giving people what they've been waiting for or what they're looking mm-hmm. for. And it's yeah. really all about just the relationship and being there for somebody. Yeah. Right. And it's not, uh, what's, oh, cruel intentions when no. SMG and Selma Blair kiss. And it, it's just for like, ooh, isn't it hot? Two girls kissing. This is yeah. like love and, and companionship in its purest form. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anya wants to know what she's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Xander is ignoring her, which I feel like is really rough because we've been seeing the past couple of episodes how great he's been about explaining things to her in a very non-frustrated way. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's asking all these questions and he is not, he's just not responding. And I get why, Mm -hmm. but it's, that must terrify her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we're all Anya at that point too, right? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. Like I knew this person and she was there and now she's not. And her, Anya's like little speech that she gives when she does finally break down gets me every single time. Me too. Oh. oh, God. Emma Caulfield, you are fabulous. You are wonderful. No, this is, and you're right. It, the great thing about the way all of these characters are processing grief is we are all of them. Yeah. Right. If if only Anya knew that we we're all her, maybe mm-hmm. she would feel less alone and terrified. Yeah, and the the prominent way that it displays in each one is also really smartly reflective of their character. Absolutely, Xander just wants to like punch somebody because he's he's always been that way. He always just wants to like let's you know take care of this. Let's go right kill off. Angel as soon as he loses a soul. It's that's his yeah. before his thinking it through. Yeah. And yeah, he'll you know run off to danger, and that's how. Yeah. Faith almost chokes you to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he blames Glory. He blames uh, the doctors. Mm-hmm. And then Willow gets so... so uh, okay. Put him up. Uh, uh, so, okay, but, you know, like we say, like, you, we never know the right thing to say. She fucking yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. Uh, she got that, yeah. She's so wonderful. Yeah. She's the yellow crown. She is the, the yellow crown. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out that Anya was sitting on the blue sweater, oh. which every time I see it, it breaks my heart. I'm like, no, Willow needs that. <laughs> it was that. there the whole time. Again, like that wouldn't mean anything. But. Xander punches a hole in the wall. I didn't think one of the, the nice reprieve lines, I don't even want to say funny lines because it's hard yeah. to really be funny, is Xander decided he blames the wall. Yeah. Yep. I do. I mean, there is something to the whole like externalizing the making something that's an emotional pain into a physical pain and being able to actually yeah. see it and like heal it in some way yeah yeah um because you know we naturally want to be able to fix things and death is not a fixable thing mm-hmm. right uh we cut to joyce's autopsy turns out it was uh an aneurysm caused by the tumor mm-hmm. even if buffy had been there it's doubtful 
there's anything she could have done. Mm-hmm. And you know that Buffy is focusing on the word doubtful because there yeah. are now, she's got flashes of what might have been mm-hmm. if she had right. gotten to Joyce in time. Mm-hmm. I really liked that shot from when the doctor's leaving the morgue and he's walking back out to the, like, waiting room area. Because mm-hmm. it goes from that really silent morgue space and then slowly fades into, like, up to the ambient noise of just the waiting room <laughs> and the hospital for a really horribly simplistic way of talking about it, moving from, like, the world of the dead back into the world of the living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I'm struck in this episode, again, just with a lot of sympathy for doctors of just, yeah. one, that's got to be jarring for you, and two, the fact that you're expected to be both an expert in medicine and science and giving people bad news. That's a lot mm-hmm. to ask, and it's not fun for him either. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not, I mean, obviously, of anyone there, he's, he's the least, uh, traumatized yeah. by this, but still, it's yeah. not like it's a good time. Yeah, right. it's, it's gotta be pretty crappy to see people on the worst day of their life. Yeah. Pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. So when he tells Buffy, she hears him telling her, I have to lie to you to make you feel better. Yeah. Of course, what she's thinking, it's mm-hmm. what I would be thinking. Yeah. Giles is amazing. Oh. He's just, so supportive mm-hmm. and just I'll take care of the paperwork and let you know what you need yeah. to sign. Just let me do this for you. And just being very pragmatic and knowing like this, this is something I can do for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and not being, you know, and granted he's the oldest, so it makes the most sense, but him knowing like there's very little that you can do other than just be there. And this is something I can do. Right. Well, and it, it, I mean, he's playing the, the, the role that a father would play yeah. at this point. Very few, she's what, 21, 22? Mm-hmm. People at that age have to be the executor of an estate or a handle. I mean, like, mm-hmm. even if you've lost a parent, very few people at this age are the ones handling the paperwork of death. I mean, sure. unfortunately, I have a couple friends, you know, people right. that at our age have now yeah. lost both parents. But yeah, it's it's nice that, you know, even if she has to take on this responsibility at such a young age that she does have a semi-parental figure mm. that can help take some of the weight off of her shoulders. Uh, Dawn is pissed. Buffy thinks that Dawn blames her. Yeah. She probably, even though it's Dawn's own fault, she probably doesn't appreciate being told in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is that she still doesn't really believe that it's happened because she yeah. hasn't. Right. She hasn't seen her mom and like Buffy's already kind of been through that whole like visualization piece well and also just from her specific point of view this is just you know probably a couple days weeks whatever after finding out she was a mystical key that didn't really exist until six months ago Mm -hmm. so her perspective on what is real at this point has got to be a lot more tenuous than most and she's a teenage girl and this just happened so well, and this is yeah. another way to respond to grief. Just, you know, mm-hmm. Xander's mad at specific things yeah. and wants something that he can specifically fix or fight. Mm-hmm. Dawn's just mad, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. She is just angry. And that is, that's a valid way to process your grief of mm-hmm. just, I'm lashing out because yeah. fuck the world. She got a shitty hand. She's not she a real did. person. Her mom dies. <laughs> Sucks. That boy called her a freak. It's yeah. been a bad day. <laughs> She, you know, it's going to go to the bathroom. I still remember how to pee. The others go to get uh, Buffy something to eat. Tara and Buffy are left alone. Mm. 
And Tara has done this before. And I feel like that's kind I mean, as much as nobody wants Tara to not have a mom and to have lost her mom so young, it's kind of nice to hear yeah. mm-hmm. that, like, someone can actually really, really empathize with what you're going through because they've mm-hmm. actually done it. Yeah. And just to see that somebody got through it, too. Right. Exactly. Right. There is an other side to this. Mm-hmm. And I, I do also like her description of how death, even when she was expecting it, it still felt sudden. Yeah. yeah. It's always sudden. Dawn sneaks off to the morgue. Uh, I've lost a lot of relatives um, when I was very young. I mm-hmm. lost both my grandmas when I was four. My aunt soon after that. My great grandma soon after that. Um, but I never went to any funerals. For one reason or another, I was unable to go to any um, of my family members' funerals until, I want to say, like later in high school um, when a friend of the family passed. It really struck me being, you know, that I had such a difference between, you know, losing people and not having the funeral or a wake and then, or not going to it, rather. Um, and then losing people and going through all that. Whereas previously, I thought that kind of stuff morbid. Mm. Um, I realized how necessary it is for closure. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think, what Dawn needs at this moment. She yeah. just, there's some part of your, your brain that this is such a big thing. You can't process it until mm-hmm. you see it. Mm-hmm. This is such a small thing. When I was in high school, we had to put down my dog that we had had for many, many mm-hmm. years. Um, and it was my first dog that I had raised from being like a six week old pup until an old lady dog. Um, when we had to take her to put her down, I was not in the room with her. We brought her to the vet and then they took her away from us. And then we just left the vet. Mm. Um, I still look for her. There was some part of my brain that was convinced she ran away, she got out, whatever, and she was out there. And I just had to find her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just never – I always said I wish I had gone in that room because otherwise I just – without it, I never had that closure Yeah. of my brain just accepting mm-hmm. what happened. No, but I, I think there is there is something to be said for – for a lot of people who've been lucky that they haven't lost anybody as close as like a parent or even a very close relative, that, that, uh, one thing that can be a somewhat similar, obviously not nearly as, uh, painful experience is, is losing a pet. That is a lot of people's first experience with death. Mm-hmm. True. That is usually our gateway to it. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, not saying like, I hope your pet dies, but like <laughs> better than, you know, your yeah. mom. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so Dawn tries to bring herself to uncover Joyce's body, and then a body sits up behind her. Mm-hmm. And it's a vampire. A naked vampire. A naked no. vampire. I have seen this episode before, and I still had a split second of thinking Joyce was sitting up, that she mm. was at the wrong bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I've seen this episode before. <laughs> and you've seen the episodes after. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I did think it was kind of strange that Dawn knew which table to go to because they're all covered, but she yeah. like yeah. makes a beeline for Joyce's. And I, yeah, I wonder if the, I guess there's the stuff right next to it, like the surgical tools. Maybe she's. I wasn't paying attention. Like, maybe that was the only body shape that had boobs. Yeah, maybe. 
The Scoobies return with just armfuls of snacks. This is also what I do. If someone around me is grieving, yeah. I insist on feeding you a lot because mm-hmm. that's how I fix you. I do think it's important because a lot of people, like, they're, that's not what they're thinking about. Yeah. So yeah. someone someone needs to be thinking about how, how to take care of that person that's grieving. Buffy goes to check on Dawn. Something tells her to check the morgue and not the bathroom. What do we think that is? Slayer sense? I think Buffy, or I think Dawn had mentioned, or maybe Buffy had talked about how, like, she just, she didn't think that Dawn believed it. And Mm -hmm. I think there's even a point where Dawn, like, when the doctor's talking to them, she starts to ask, like, can we see her? Yeah. But then stops herself. So I I think it's kind of just those little moments that lead up to that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I think she she knows her sister well enough to know from those kind of context clues, like, oh, she probably went to go see her. Don is struggling with the vamp in the morgue. Buffy decapitates him. Mm-hmm. In the struggle, Joyce is uncovered. Yeah, there's a really great shot where it's just um, Don looking up at just the like the tiniest bit that she can see of Joyce from where she is at the table. That I think is really great visual storytelling mm-hmm. of just kind of how, even though physically it's just somebody sitting below a table, it's it has the same kind of scope of somebody like looking upon a giant mountain, uh, this mm-hmm. like unsurmountable obstacle, this this dreadful thing in your in your path, and it's just looking up at a table. Buffy tells Dawn it's not her. Yeah, it's just a body. Hey, happy 50th episode! (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that I I agree with every choice in this episode. Uh, In terms of writing and directing combined, this is really masterful. It's very powerful. And really, like, it does such a good job of using film or television Mm -hmm. to show an experience and feelings that are just so hard to put into words. But when you see them on camera, you're like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, I know what that yep. is. I know what you're saying. I think this episode actually came out right, either right before or maybe right after, um, like my best friend growing up had lost her dad. And mm-hmm. like everything about this episode just hit everything that I was feeling at that time. Like it just, it was really weird to see all of that like play out on screen, but yeah, it was it was unsettling, but it, it also was a little bit cathartic to know that it wasn't strange or abnormal to be going through all of that. Yeah. And that's so great. And that's what television can do and <laughs> should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would, yeah, agree that this is a really fantastic just hour of television, uh, let alone just this series. I don't know that we needed the vampire at the end. That's my only criticism of the mm-hmm. whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and like literally the whole episode. Cause I don't, I don't know what that adds necessarily to the overall story. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of the juxtaposition of, you know, this is the story you should tell. This is usually what these people's lives are, but then cut to the reality of it. But I don't know if maybe making the fight seem more of a traditional Buffy fight scene and then having it be really harsh going back to the fact that there with this body, but I, I just felt like it was a little unnecessary, but that's, you know, a small nitpick and otherwise. Is it, do you think art. that it might be used for, um, 
as another way to show that life goes on because this is Buffy, like you said, this is Buffy's life. Mm-hmm. This is what she does. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I guess I don't know that we need that in this episode. Okay. I feel like that's what the next episode is more about to me. If it had been more of a moment of this isn't even like the, a big fight obstacle at the end of the episode, but she just like very quickly deals with it and then goes to, to be with Dawn that that might have had more impact because we're used to in, you know, the, the comforts of this TV show or TV shows in general is the thing you always get is like, Oh, there's going to be a fight with the monster. And that just kind of like is over with really quickly. And then the real end of the episode is just like them kind of being together in this grief. But again, I mean, that's a very small nitpick and I don't think it's done terribly or anything. Yeah. I, I think it points out that like, even when, even when it feels like your world is falling apart, like nothing really waits for you. Mm. So like, you know, Buffy's still going to have to deal with all of the other things that she does on a regular basis. And it's like, it does always feel like, um, when you're at your lowest, like things just keep piling on, like nothing, Mm -hmm. things don't come when you're ready for them. They just sort of happen. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. when you're at your lowest, like the worst shit comes to you. So I, I mean, I agree. It's a, it does feel a little out of place, but I do think it's kind of a commentary of like, there's still like, there's still life that has to happen outside of this. Hey, Mike, I need a vacation after all the sadness. Uh, she's ready to <laughs> go international. Buffy Tapaja, Vampirit. Ernie Dragon, das Rhine Fleisch Canoe. Future Rifle International. So alternate titles, um, Portuguese, just a little different. This body, the German, death of a mother, really sad. And then to me, I think the saddest That's one. That's not the saddest one. To me, the saddest <laughs> one, because it makes it, it feel almost kind of like everyone's hopeless. Maybe that's just my reading of the title is the French title, which is Orphans. So let's go back to I Was Made to Love You. That was Robots. Fun. Yeah. Robots. Funny and sex spot. Non-consensual uh, robot sex. Uh, Flashlights. <laughs> okay, yeah, flashlight. That was funny. Um, so the French title, Heartache. Uh, and then the German, Programmed to Love. Yes. <laughs> now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. Don't you say it. Don't you do it, Mike. Um, <laughs> Uh, Not a slay. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I guess the vampire in the morgue. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree the most important death is Joyce. Mm-hmm. Um, and really well done. Yeah. It is not a wah wah, stake them awesome yeah. action moment, but it is right. the most yeah. well done death I've seen on TV ever. Yeah. But technically not a sleigh, mm-hmm. and I also do not want to celebrate it yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> so I got Morg Vamp. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, April just kind of powers down. Yeah, she just sort of stops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I chose Puffy Xander. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, Puffy yeah, Xander. Puffy Xander. <laughs> Poor Puffy Xander. <laughs> I could lean. Thank you again, Megan, for joining us. Yeah. Uh, always a delight to have you on. Helping us get through this episode. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I mean, I don't know that I was helpful, but I was present. 
<laughs> um, where can stackers listen to Chaotic Mutual Adventures? Yeah, uh, so we are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, just Chaotic Neutral Adventures. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, and I am, <laughs> I'm trying to do Twitter as best I can, but I am really not Twitterly inclined. Uh, but that is just at Chaotic Podcast. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on. Thanks for Yay. having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks. To ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off forever and intervention. When we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. <laughs> <laughs>